This is the EVP Podcast. It's the EVP Podcast, everybody, with your host, Ghosty. And I'm Beaker. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Back to back to the usual. Just the two of us. I'm sure we've done this before. Uh, way too many. Deja vu. <laughs> well, we are back, and I'm awake this time. Yes, we hope you enjoyed the episode that we did last week uh, more than Ghosty did. I was, and you actually I stayed awake a lot. I went through a lot last weekend, and I survived it, and I'm still hurting. <laughs> <laughs> you went to a chiropractor just now, and I feel better. Good. And now you're relaxed and you can, you're, this is your, you're on this show. So if you fall asleep, there's problems. Yeah. If I fall asleep, then I, yeah, definitely got problems. Okay. <laughs> but this week we are going to Shepton Mallet prison in Somerset, England, 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 oh. Queensland, Queens country. That's a King's country now. King's country now. Yeah, you're right. Because there's a King of England now. King Charles. I think. And, uh. This place is the oldest prison in England. When it closed down in 2013, it was the oldest active prison. Yeah, the oldest active prison, but it's been open since 1624. So by, this is obviously haunted based off of European standards. Yes, by the EVP standards of <laughs> European history, it is over 400 years old. Which means haunted. It's haunted. Standard. I actually think it had to be 500 for European. Actually, you're right. But you know what? This is still haunted as shit because it was a prison. It was a prison. So, yes. And you know what? Our prison I think, here. I think prisons get a 50-year rule. Our prison here in uh, Utah wasn't even 100. It was still haunted. Yeah. Prisons are breaking the haunted rules. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot going on. I, think I don't think they understand. Too. I think hospitals should do the same. <clears throat> I don't think they understand the EVP guidelines for haunting. <laughs> There's bendable. There's bendable rules. <laughs> the rules are bendable. <laughs> A little flexible when it comes to hospitals and prisons and pretty much any. But yeah, you're right. This place just barely closed down in 2013. So just 10 years ago. And this thing is already over 400 years old and it was still operating up until about 10 years ago. That's nuts. Except Uh, for that brief little like 10 year window in the 30s. There was a little hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know what? We're done. Yeah. But now it's a museum and they do uh, ghost hunts there. And... But it's still standing, and it's still haunted as shit. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, like I was saying, it was built around 1624, 1625s. It's operational. Um, and at the end of the first civil uh, English Civil War in 1646, the prison was already needing some fixer-uppers things going on there. But they had men, women, and children all staying together. Yeah. Like, they were, they were locking up. They didn't have, like men's cells and women's cells like they had big pens and they just threw everybody together oh and they didn't separate you on the severity of your crime either no like the they did an episode there of paranormal lockdown back in 2018 the tour guide paul was saying something like you could have like a murderer in the cell with a four-year-old boy that like stole an apple from a farmer yeah yeah they dev yeah they can they could have rapists locked up with women and children. Yeah, they didn't care. They just, they would have these these cells that were probably the size of like a janitor's closet. They weren't very big and they would shove up to 14 people in one cell. Right. And they didn't check on anybody. The doctors didn't check on anybody unless they died. Basically, once you got imprisoned here, your life expectancy was about three months. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was pretty much just 
withering away. And they didn't really have disease. a cemetery, so if you died, you were basically just buried wherever they had room to put you. I think they had something out back that they just kind of threw everybody in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's a hole back there. Um, let's see, what else? They had a... Uh, well, the conditions, let's see, 1790, the prison was expanded, and that's when they finally separated the women and men. Oh, 1790. Good. So It only took 150 yeah, years. Yeah, just 150 years. But, yeah, they didn't check on anybody. They even had, like, what was it, the, the governor's mansion up there on the prison? Did you see something about that? I did not. Oh, man. That wouldn't surprise <clears throat> me. It's not the only place where, like... But then they ended up improving it again. They ended up having more improvements done in 1822. And that's when they uh, created that treadwheel. Did you see the thing about I the did. treadwheel? It was like the giant, it was like a giant wheel. More or less like wood. a hamster wheel. Hamster or, wheel that humans walked on. Or, or kind of like what we know as a treadmill nowadays. They would have just a big like treadmill type thing. And that was your, that was a form of punishment that they would put people on these wheels or on these treadmills. Yeah. To, to help power the prison. Yep. (laughs) So yeah, it was, this is where the modern day treadmill comes from. Yeah. It was like a turbine. It was a torture device that we now use to get in shape. So speaking of that. So when this place was with their executions for the really bad prisoners, the way they would do their executions, they had three ways. Um, you had your hangings, you had your firing squad, and then you could have you could be hung, drawn, and quartered. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I like that one. So, when you're hung, drawn, and quartered, I always had this idea that the horses would take off, and that would just kind of rips you apart. That's not how it happens. Oh, okay. So what they do is they just kind of walk the horses away, and they keep walking the horses away until bones start breaking. Oh no! And so they'll usually end up breaking their arms their legs and their backs will break and then they're still alive okay and then they hang them while they're alive they're hanging them and to the point of almost dying and then they drop them to keep them alive and i'm pretty sure they drop them pretty hard <laughs> they probably i mean things are already broken uh then that's when they decide and for men they de- remove their testicles oh okay and then they disembowel them still alive Testicles taken off while they're still alive, disemboweling done while they're still alive, and then they let them bleed out and die. Uh, oh, that, no. They take their head off. Oh, okay. Then they take off their head, and then they quarter them, and then with their head, they put them on a spike to be like, don't you guys do anything like this guy did. Well, that's just for the really bad people, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the bad people. That's more of your rebellions, uh, rebellious people, uh, you know. There's Wait, always going to be the rebellion. The, the rebellious people are the bad people. Well, not always, but not you know, the murderous people. To the king, yeah. It's, it's treason. But yeah, you're going to have your murderers and rapists. But I'm pretty sure the king's men are murderers and rapists as well. Most likely. So it depends on what side you're on, pretty yeah. much. Who's got the money? <laughs> so wow. things don't change in politics. At all. <laughs> not at all. But yeah, that's the type of shit that they would do. I mean, the firing squad—they had a bunch of people just shooting at you. You can go to the wall right there, and you can see all the bullet, where the bullets have all hit the wall and everything right there. I would like to go to this prison. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then you had your just your hangings. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's straightforward. Okay. Um, there was a fire 
1904. What? And the fire was started by a prisoner in the Sea Wing. And the fire ended up quickly spreading, doing further damage. Uh, <clears throat> no, but further damage was prevented by the prisoners and the wardens, and the fire brigade worked together, and no one was killed during this one, actually. That wasn't cool. What's cool is when there's a bunch of crazy shit that goes down. Like, like what? Like uh, the dead British soldiers. Okay. There ended up being 142 of them that ended up dying of carbon monoxide in there. During the fire? Or? No. No, this was ended up, This was a different time. Oh, okay. Some people had... Uh, so the British soldiers ended up taking over the place for a little bit. So there was a time during World War II where the prison served as a military facility... And the British soldiers were staying there as well as they, they ended up housing some American soldiers there. Yeah, this was so this was during World War II. So this actually closed in 1930. Uh, there was just the prisoner population went down. The, the uh, governor decided that it was time for it to close. Uh, what brought it back open in 1939, I believe it was, is World War II broke out. And they started using it as a military prison. Right. Uh, uh, you know what? I... I would lied when I said 142 soldiers. They're the soldiers that were living in room 142 were the ones that died. There was 142 and 142. That's amazing. That sounds about right for a prison, though. Yes. Sounds about right for that place. But, uh, but yeah, no, there, it sounds like there was three people that died and the fourth survived. Okay. But they were holding, they ended up executing some uh, American prisoners. They were soldiers that were incarcerated over there in England for raping and murdering and the US military ended up executing them over there. Yeah, was, you say it was like 18? Yeah, World War uh where was it World War 2? World War 2. I, yes. I so in uh 1942 the Americans actually built onto the prison and they built the hanging room. The hanging room. And that's where these these uh was it 18 soldiers were executed. They don't even have a number of executions that were done in the early years. They didn't even keep track of anything. They didn't keep track of prisoners, how many days they were there, uh, who died. They didn't keep track of any of that. Sixteen were hung. Two of them were killed by firing squad. Of, of the, the 18, U.S. Of the, US soldiers. of the 18 American soldiers, yeah. And uh, so they didn't start keeping track of stuff till around like 1889. And then in 1889 to 1926... There were only seven people executed. Did you read the, so on those sixteen Americans, some of them were double executions. Double executions. So yeah, so what a double execution is is two condemned prisoners stood together on the gallows and were executed simultaneously when the trapdoor opened. So oh, two people fell okay. through the trapdoor at one time. Okay, I've seen stuff like that. You've you've seen stuff where they have like four people on the gallows and they all drop them at the same time. I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, so what they were doing, uh, they were burning the, burning the bodies and throwing them in unmarked graves for the the people that were they were dying there and everything, and it sounds like that's what they did with the uh, the U.S. soldiers as well too. Okay. <laughs> um, what else did they have going on there? There was the uh, there's some there's some spooky stuff going on there. Is there? Oh yeah. Well, just like every other place, there's always a lady in white. Yes. So they have the white lady of Shepton Mallet. So the prison uh, remained a military prison until 1966, which then it became a civilian prison once again. 
And it was a civilian prison up until 2013. 2013. And then they decided it cost them a lot of money keeping it in operation. So they closed it down. Because by that point, I think they only had 100 and something prisoners in there. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's just at that point, yeah, it's it's more expensive when you run in this big prison that's got multiple cell wings and cell blocks and you have a small population. That's why I closed down the first time. But so you had four, over 400 years of people dying. I mean, those were just the executions. I'm sure there was a whole bunch of disease still that was just running rampant because you had, I mean, there was all sorts of diseases going on in there. Well, like we said originally, when you had 14 people crammed in these small little rooms and life expectancy was about three months. Yeah, people were dying left and right for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Whether they were being murdered by other inmates, disease, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there was rats running all over people, and lice running rampant in there. And then, well, in the 16, 17, 1800s, they didn't really keep records of all these deaths. Right. So and there's so, probably thousands upon thousands of bodies buried in this place. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, you know, families were ended up dying in there together. Because sometimes, like back then, if a, if a single mother went to prison for something... Like if she stole a, a an apple, to, like that's taking an apple from a tree even. Yeah. Then you can go to prison for a couple of days. Yep. And if you're a single mother, your kids are going to go to prison with you. And you're going to get thrown in a cell with Because you're strangers. all thieves. Guilty by association. Well, yeah. Who else is going to watch your kids? Nobody. Uh, what the else they prisoners. would do too is if you owed money. If you owed money for something, like a debt, then you're you're going to prison and you're going to work off your debts. It was weird back then. So glad I'm alive now. Yes. <laughs> um, Me too, because otherwise I'd be doing this podcast with a ghost. Right? T, ghosty. I'm doing it with a ghosty. You are doing it with a ghosty. Doing it with a ghosty. That's the name of the episode. Um, so anyways, this lady, that's that lady in white of Shepton Mallet. What? Uh, lady in white? That's White lady. Of. Or you can call her the white lady. There's a lady her. in white? That's unheard of. I've never heard of that anywhere ever. Then let's call her the white lady. Okay. <laughs> Um, so this, uh, they say it's haunted by a white lady who was thought to be the ghost of a female prisoner who murdered her fiance in the late 18th century. She was facing execution for the murder. And at some point she must've deeply regretted her deed. The night before her execution, she asked for her wedding dress to be brought to her. She wore it in bed, but the next morning she was found dead. People claim she must've died of a broken heart. And her ghost has been seen in the several areas of the prison. But A-Wing is her favorite place to haunt. And in the 1950s, a paranormal investigation took place because no one wanted to work the night shift there anymore. So, yeah. In so, the 50s? They did an investigation in the 50s? Yeah. Who, who did that? Who I don't know. In the 50s? Uh, Hans Holzer, maybe. They were just probably doing a seance. Maybe. I know in the A-Wing, so that was... There was four officers in 1966 that refused to work the night duty there. They said they often smelled a sweet perfume and they would get strange gusts of wind that would come through the cell block. And all six of these uh, officers talked about the lady in white. Uh And uh, they even like when they did an autopsy or they did the postmortem inspection or whatever you want to call it, uh, they could not find a cause of death for this, this woman. And what I thought was funny is watching paranormal lockdown Katrina kind of said the same thing I did when you mentioned the lady in white. She's like, I've been to a lot of places and everyone's got a lady in white. So we got to check the validity of the story. Yeah. So there actually was somebody who did wear her wedding dress and everything. Is that what they said? They yeah. Found? They said the exact same thing. There was the 
the lady killed her fiance, and the story goes that uh, she was she died of a broken heart. She, I'm pretty sure she had some kind of way of killing. She probably had some poison or quite possibly. And this is in the '60s, so they might not have had a, the uh, a way to detect if she poisoned herself or not. I don't know. So there's also an apparition of a, a private Lee Davis, and he's been seen by several people, and he's one of the executed servicemen, the so, USU servicemen. So he was the, he's often seen in the hanging building, which is or the hanging shed is which the one we mentioned the Americans built in 1942. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually talked about him on Paranormal Lockdown as well. The tour guide Paul had an experience with uh, Private Davis. And is that the one where he got burned or something? Mm-hmm. Ah. Do you have inf- do you have more information on Private Davis? Why he was there? Rape and murder. Yes. So he took two women, he took two girls out for the night, shot one of them, and raped the other one. Uh, he was shortly after he was court-martialed and sentenced to death. The morning of his execution, when he was brought up to the gallows and it finally sunk in that like he's gonna die, he he he's, his knees kind of buckled and he got scared, obviously. And his last words were, oh, my God, I'm going to die. So the tour guide, Paul, when he dug up this information, he's like the historian of the uh, mm-hmm. of the prison. When he got this information, the first time he was telling the story was in the hanging shed. And as he said the word die, when he was saying, you know, what David said was, I'm going to die. As soon as he said the word die, he felt this really sharp pain in his left hand. And he looked down, and there was a burn mark there as if someone put a cigarette out on his hand. Yep. And he still had a scar. He still has the scar, yes. That's pretty wild. And, I mean, that's that's something new. You don't ever you don't hear about shit like that. Uh-uh. That was pretty good. Um, so there was also these uh, Cray twins. Yes. Uh, they were gangsters that were held there in the early 50s that ended up getting executed there and these uh no they weren't executed oh they weren't there. executed there no sir they were oh, not they they oh yeah one died uh one died in a hospital yep. and the other one one was, was a heart attack one was actually released yeah one was released and the other was a heart attack in the hospital right uh yes and so what i don't so you understand had Ro- ronald and reginald cray they did spend at least six months in c block and what i don't get is why they talk about their spirits being there uh, you know, as I was kind of researching a little bit about the Cray Twins, I don't either. I do know that spirits tend to haunt places that were familiar to them. Now, as far as like the twins, they were identical twin brothers. And this is what kind of made them famous in England because there was a lot of gangsters that were brothers mm-hmm. back in the day. But these were the only ones that were like identical twins. This is why they kind of gained nor- notoriety. Um, they were part of a gang called The Firm. And they were the first foremost perpetrators of organized crime from the late 1950s until 1967 when they were finally caught. Um, some of the crimes that they were involved in at the time was murder, armed robbery, arson, uh, protection rackets, gambling, and assault. So Ronnie was actually committed to the Broadmoor Hospital in 1979. He ended up dying there in um, 1995 due to a heart attack. Yeah. So he was he was at the the prison for what eleven years. Yeah, eleven years or twelve years. He was in the in the prison. Died in nineteen ninety five at the hospital. Okay. Yeah. So that one, I it's kind of. So yeah, he died uh, in the hospital at the prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that his, makes sense. His that brother, sense. his brother Reggie, was actually uh, he was still incarcerated at the time of the his brother's death uh, when Ronnie died. They actually let him out for a couple of days so he can go to the funeral and then put him right back in prison. 
He was released in 2000 uh, for good behavior, basically. Mm-hmm. And five weeks after he was released from the prison, he died of bladder cancer. So he was actually diagnosed with the cancer while in prison. Okay. Um, and they told him it was going to be terminal. So, yeah, shortly after he was released from prison, he died. So he was in prison from 1967 to 2000. So, uh, um, was that uh, 33 years? Okay, so they did spend a significant amount of time there. And so, one and, of them and did like I said, die there. People, well, he didn't, neither one of them, well, the hospital, I don't know if it was at the prison or if it was somewhere else off. But, um, yeah, I mean, they say that spirits haunt places that are familiar to them, not necessarily where they died, which is why cemeteries, sometimes they haunt their bodies. Uh, why, this is why cemeteries are haunted because no one dies in a cemetery. <laughs> usually. Um, but yeah, uh, when paranormal lockdown was doing their investigation in sea wing on their second night, cause they're there for three nights. They did use the echo box in the cell that the brothers were supposedly incarcerated in. And they were asking questions, and the name Cray did come through the echo box. Okay. So it is possible at least one of them. No, I, mean, I get it. I could see they had another brother there. that also served time there, and he's released in 1975. So at least three different Crays. Well, for the amount of time that they spent there, I could see why their spirit yeah. would still be there. Especially towards the end of their life. Another thing that happened there, uh, I'm assuming this is 20 and eight, uh, 2018 when this happened, because this is when the episode aired and they talked about how uh, this, the the historian guy was saying how it had happened just a few months before they recorded the episode. There was uh, six renovators in there uh, doing work on C-Wing and they said they saw a soldier walk right past them and he kind of went down the corridor and veered off to the right. And at the time, it was just the renovators were the only ones in the building. There shouldn't have been anybody else there. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Well, they say they see spirits. They see shadow people. Um, you know what, there, what else went on in there? A shit ton of escapes. Yeah, there was probably, what, like 30 listed on there? Yeah, that? there's a shit ton of escapes. Uh, they there was the, escapes and attempted escapes. Well, so first one was a night, uh, well, first listed one, 1765. This guy was in prison for sheep stealing. And uh, he ended up getting recaptured 12, day, 12 days after 12 days, sorry. Um, and then in 1776, like tw- so 10 years later, um, somebody, Mary Harris, broke out. And she was still free uh, about a year later. And then there was a, there was a reward for her, for her capture. And it was re- 20 guineas. But uh, it doesn't say anything about her re- ever getting recaptured, though. Sounds like she made it out. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I would turn somebody in for 20 guineas. Yeah, that's big money. Yeah. What's a guinea? I don't know. Well, yeah, I would totally turn you in for 20 guineas, though. And then in 1819, there was a James Thompson who escaped, and he was caught in Bath on the 23rd of March of 1820. So he was out for a few months. He had a good five-month five stint out, out, out free. <laughs> oh, this one, December 1835, four prisoners. Um, they attempted to escape from a prison chapel, but were prevented from doing so. Okay. The prison chapel, huh? Um, 1860, judge, a prisoner named Judge escaped through the two-foot-wide tunnel which carried the prisoner treadwheel shaft to the mill on the outside of the prisoner wall. 
He was later captured in Shaftesbury. Doesn't say how long, but... No more treadmill. Yeah. Gotta get rid of that thing. Uh, 1866, Daniel James escaped through the roof and over the wall. He was recaptured by midday. (laughs) 12th of January, 1878, Samuel Glover Fudge escaped and he was recaptured and at the assize held in taunt what the hell anyways he was sentenced to an additional three weeks of hard labor okay that was really weird to say ass size um sure <laughs> size as as eyes aziz yeah but anyways there was quite a bit there right there was another one to see 1966, a convict in prison for larceny and burglary escaped whilst engaged in repairing prison staff accommodation. He was found later the same day having a drink in the King William Inn. That's what I would do. Uh, 1968, two prisoners in an outside working party again repairing staff accommodation made off. Doesn't talk about recapturing them. Uh, May 1970, once again, a prisoner in an outside working party escaped his escorts. He was apprehended in the town center a little over two hours later. In 76, three inmates escaped through a barred toilet window of their dormitory and made it to the roof and then escaped over a lower roof. Oh, they did some parkour to get out. Parkour before it was a thing. (laughs) Um, Oh, then summer of 77. Three men made their escape through the window of the plastics molding workshop. A fourth attempted to escape but was prevented. One of the successful escapees was caught fairly quickly, and the second was finally apprehended in Bridgewater after hijacking a police car and forcing the officer at knife point to drive him away. The third remained at large until his arrest three months later for burglary. Damn, he couldn't stay out. Uh, 1981, the lock on the cell door was found to have been sawed off, but no one escaped from the prison. Weird. Damn, there's a whole bunch of these. Yeah, I told you, there's like 30. Let's do the last one. You gonna read them all? The last one. A prisoner in in 1991. This is the last escape attempt. A prisoner in an outside working party escaped after asking to use the toilet. Never to be seen again. At the prison. (laughs) But, this place was... Sounds like it's pretty easy to get out of this place for as big as it was and... As tall as those walls were. Those walls were huge. This is true. That just shows you that the British are better at escaping prison than Americans. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Or they just suck at building prisons. I'm going to go with they're better at escaping. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, another ghost that people have said they've seen in the Victorian exercise yard, which is this big courtyard like right in the middle of the prison, uh, people said they saw a lady wearing a hooded cloak and she looked all upset and she was looking around and she just kept saying, where are the ferns? Where are the ferns? That's all she said. And then right in front of their faces, she just vanished. Like it was one of those, like they walked around the corner and was gone. Like this person just disappeared right there, right in front of everybody. That would be pretty wild to see that. It would be. Um, I mean, there was... Nick Roth and Katrina were seeing a bunch of shadow people, too, walking down. They saw a lot of shadow people in the hallways inside the the prison. When they were out in the courtyard, they did see a woman, uh, what looked like a woman, and they went to go talk to her, and they saw her, like, kind of running down the the corridor and then ran around the corner and was gone. 
But they say this is the most haunted, the most haunted prison in. Well, then it must be true. I believe it. Because every, it's the most haunted prison ever. Just like all of them. All of them are the most haunted. I mean, this one, like it, it is pretty old, so it's a good chance that's actually accurate. Well, there's a lot of the doors just start slamming. Yeah, well, they were walking around right when they started their investigation. They were hearing loud banging noises. The The doors were slamming all over the place. I could hear some, some voices, too. I don't know if they heard it, but I remember one time they were calling out to something. It sounded like I heard something, some like just weird voices making noise. I think they did hear voices. I don't remember, though. I know they, they did get some... They EVPs. got some pretty interesting stuff. Um, so they were using a device I've never heard of before. It's called the Geoport. It's very similar. If you've ever seen Huff Paranormal's um, Portal, mm-hmm. it's basically you take a, an SP7 spirit box, more or less, connect it to some like reverb pedals and some uh, speaker. It's essentially is what it's doing. It, what it's doing is eliminating the white noise, so all you're hearing is what the spirits are supposedly saying to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did look this up. You can buy the GeoPort. It is at georgebrownlabs.com. If you have about two grand, you're willing to drop on a piece of equipment. If I remember correctly, Huff Paranormal was a lot cheaper for his portal, which basically did the same thing. And then I think it was also on Huff Paranormal. He actually gave you like an Amazon shopping list of the stuff to buy so you could build your own for a lot less. Um, but... What they did is they uh, they were using it the first night. They kept hearing the banging noises and, and, and like knockings and whisperings and stuff, and they thought it was like directing into a room. So they went they went into one of the rooms, and once they got there, it didn't really stop responding. So they decided to go up to the hanging room, and they wanted to talk to Private Lee Davis about uh, the burn. The burn, and at one point they're like, "Did you burn Paul?" And I heard something come through their geoport. And what I found was interesting is they didn't respond to it at all. So they didn't hear it. Like I watched the whole episode wondering if they were going to go back to it, like in their evidence. And yeah, they never mentioned it. So to me, it sounded like the spirit responded like right away when they asked if, if uh, they burned Paul. And I, I thought I heard something. So I actually went and found it. And I'm going to play it for you here real quick to see what you think. And I think it was this one. Yeah. Let me start this over. I'm just going to. Okay, here we go. This is this is when he asked, uh, did you burn Paul? Did you burn Paul? I'll play it one more time. Did you burn Paul? Okay. So to me, like I, I wasn't even like looking at the screen when this went on. I was, I think I was ordering DoorDash <laughs> and I heard that and I looked up and I was like expecting them to respond because to me it's, it sounded very clear when it came through. Now going back and listening to it now, it's very quiet. It's very subtle. But when I first heard it, to me, it was very clear. Uh, and so it's literally right after you hear in the geophone, you hear Mel's voice mm-hmm. and it is kind of quiet. But what I heard was, yes, I did. When they said, did you burn Paul? I heard, yes, I did. And originally I thought it was kind of a laugh, but when I played it for you before we started recording, um, you said it sounded like he said a lot. Yeah. Someone said, yeah, a lot. 
So I'll play it one more time. Did you burn Paul? So it, I can see that last thing being a lot. To me, it kind of sounds like he's laughing. Or like, uh, yes. Yes, I did. Ha ha ha. That's kind of what I heard. But I can also see it being a lot. So it's, I mean, I thought it was interesting because to me, like when, like I said, when I first heard that, it was very clear. But they didn't respond to it. They didn't talk about it at all. So. Right. I wonder why. Uh, I don't know. They just missed it. That's they, why. They probably missed it. Yeah, I thought I actually heard something there. Yeah. So. Well, because, I mean, anything that comes through that should be something that's making it through all the. Uh, right. You know, there's there's a bunch of stuff that's keeping random white noise out. Yes. So anything that does come through should be acknowledged. Right. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it was kind of subtle and quick. So maybe they, I don't know, maybe they just didn't notice it. But, I mean, to me, it, it sounded like the spirit responded to him saying, yes, I did. I hear it. So, uh, first night of lockdown, when they go to sleep, uh, I believe Katrina went over to like C wing and, um, Nick decided to sleep in a wing. And that first night for Nick was like crazy. Did you watch this episode? Yeah. And like, I remember them talking about how cold it was, like that he couldn't sleep, but then there was just crazy noise going on that on his voice recorder all night. Yeah. Well, I mean, not just the voice recorder, like actual, like he woke up. Like, there was a loud banging noise, and it startled him awake. And oh, he sits man. there, and he's listening for a second, and then it starts banging again to the point where he actually jumped out of his cot and ran and grabbed his camera so he can go oh, okay, investigate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he heard these loud banging noises, like the doors were slamming all over the place, and it, it even sounded like large, like loud footsteps, like running down the hallway towards him. And needless to say, he had a hard time sleeping that night. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they did go back the next day. He was listening to his recorder. He, like he was hearing uh, voices as well as all these loud banging and stuff. So he was audibly hearing the voices. They go back and listen to his digital audio recorder the next morning, and you can hear like you can't make out what anything is being said, but you can hear the whisperings in his audio recorder as if like something got right up on it and was like whispering right into his recorder. It wasn't like in the distance or anything. It wasn't like it wasn't like this where it sounds like he's yelling from across the room. Like it was, it was like really close. Mm. That was the second night. I would want to, spend or the, the first night. night. I'd want to go spend the night there. <laughs> we should go. They spent three nights there, two nights there, three nights there. Yeah, seventy-two hours. Seventy-two hours. So the second night, the second day, I got that. Uh, not too much happened while they were out in the courtyard. They were using the geo port, and they thought it said underground. Um. I said they also thought they saw someone walking through the the uh, courtyard while they were there. Nick went, actually went into, I guess when they were doing some renovations, they found some old cell blocks that had been walled up, some old cell gels. Yeah, they had, where you, it's like crawling room only. Yeah. So Nick went into one of these, and uh, as he was going in, like something hissed at him. Right by his face. Yeah. And then so he and decided he that was, <laughs> he, yeah, he freaked out and decided that's a good place to set up his cotton sleep. Yeah, on top of a bunch of rubble and stuff. Yes. <laughs> Not a whole lot happened other than that, that second night. The third night was crazy. Like, I think the third night, some of the interaction they were getting was a lot cooler, I guess, than the first night with all the that bound, loud banging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the third night, they spent their whole investigation in the hanging room. Mm-hmm. They set up a couple devices. Uh, one looked like, looked like they just set up a projection screen to a laptop or something. 
they were using something called the Angelus, uh, and they were also using the Geoport that night. I looked up the Angelus. It was it's, it, to me, it looked like it was just software that's made by Extreme Senses that does video sweeping, kind of like uh, instead of doing audio sweeping like oh. FMAF, uh, AMFM, it does video sweeping mm-hmm. to kind of create the white noise, and it also has like a phonetic mode as well. And um, as far as I could tell. On their website, this uh, this software looked like it was about twenty bucks. But I don't know; they're going to manipulate the images to create their own image or something. I guess that's the theory behind it. I would have to read more up on this. I'd have to but see it I know, actually work before I try to invest money in it. So I mean, like it's it's only twenty bucks it's still. So um, I know that they they had the projector screen up on the wall so they could see it better instead of having to stare at the little laptop screen. Um, but also had the phonetic mode. It would actually like, I've seen this on some of the, like the free apps you can get, like the ghost box where it'll actually, it's supposed to be like a spirit box, but it actually put the words up on the screen too. So this actually had that feature on the the software. So when it said words, you could actually see it on the screen. Mm-hmm. What I thought was interesting is while they were, while they were talking and doing their investigation, they would hear like knocking noises and it almost seemed like it was responding kind of intelligently. So at one point, Katrina was like, okay, well, it seems like you're responding to what we're saying. So if you can, can you do like one knock for no and two knocks for yes? And then they asked, are you in the room? And they get two knocks. So then they started asking more yes or no questions. And it sounded like it was responding with knocks to the questions that they were asking, which I thought was really cool because I've, I mean, we've done the shave and haircut thing. We have a video of it on YouTube mm-hmm. of something making your K or not K two, but one of your EMF meters beep twice when mm-hmm. your brother was doing shaving a haircut. So I thought it was really interesting that things were were knocking in response, giving like one knock for no, two for yes, and then they decided they're going to pull out the um, geophone as well at this point. And while they're pulling out the geophone, the name Cassandra came up on the Angelus. Mm-hmm. So then they start asking, you know, is your name Cassandra? And you hear it kind of say yes on the geoport. And then they asked, you know, what crime are you in here for? And it gives a response. And I, I have that one as well. I'll play here in just a second. Um, as soon as I can find it. I have it. I think it's this one. You placed in here. What was your crime? Thief. So they think it says thief. Uh, the captions on the screen said, I'm a thief. I'll play that one more time. So they're asking, you know, what was your crime, Cassandra? Why are you here? Why were you placed in here? What was your crime? Oh, right there. Oh, I can hear that. I'm a thief. So, yeah, right after, it's shortly after Nick <laughs> says right there. The whispering is Nick saying right there. Mm-hmm. So I'll play it one more time. Why were you placed in here? What was your crime? So that was another one that I thought was actually really good. And then they go on to start asking, and they're about to ask uh, Cassandra another question. Uh, they start, Katrina's getting ready to ask Cassandra another question. And I thought this was probably the clearest I've ever heard uh, from this episode uh, for the geo the Geoport. This is probably the clearest thing I've heard come through it. This actually did something that this program wasn't even meant to do. Yeah, so if you've noticed, like, in some of the other, uh, the two other clips I've played already, the Geoport, and if you watch the episode, 
everything come through sounds like a male voice for some reason. And uh, this this is actually very different than what they've been getting the last couple nights. And this is actually very clear in my opinion. So I'll play it for you. They weren't really asking any questions. Like uh, Katrina literally just said Cassandra. Hadn't even asked the question yet. And then you hear uh, this coming through. And that even has an accent. Yeah. There's even a British accent or English accent in that. I'm going to play it one more time. Yeah. Heard a clear tonal voice coming through. So the little like noise is just the sound they edited in to the show because they were replaying it at that point. But yeah, I, I think it was another one of those things. I was kind of writing the notes on my laptop. And that came through, and I was like, holy cow. Yeah, that one, it sounds just like, uh, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And, uh, I mean, she pronounced the T's very sharply. Definitely not from Utah. (laughs) Yeah, not from Utah. Um, But even that English accent was in there. Yes. So they started trying to investigate that further. They thought it was Cassandra that said that. They ended up back in the room where Nick got hissed at. And... Uh, their cameraman Rob and Katrina both heard like a woman's voice when they were standing outside that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just kind of activity died. There was nothing else after that. Yeah. That but yeah, I really thought that much... one was really, really clear. The most clear it's on one of those things to have it come through with that different voice and yeah. with that accent. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like if you heard the other two where I played, um, you know, where it says I'm a thief and they think they're talking to Cassandra. Like everything came coming through, like when they thought I, they heard it saying underground on the second night. Um, it's always the same voice. It's always the same voice. So this, like you said, it's it wasn't designed to do that. Like it's not supposed to have that woman's voice. So that was so very, that, I very was significant really cool. and very pronounced. Yes. She's very eloquent. So uh, definitely haunted. Definitely would, haunted. Would visit. Uh, would love to visit. Uh, I think I never even really have. I haven't even heard of this place until... Um, just the other day. Or, when did you text yeah. me? That's when I heard well, it. Well, actually, it was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago for me, and then I held on to that thought until I sent like it to you. a week ago? Yep, and a week I'm like, ago. okay, and what is this place? And it was it had to do based off that EVP. Oh, really? Yeah. When, when I heard that, I was like, what is this place? Yeah, so we're going to go there. So, yeah, we're going there now. Yeah, along with all the other places we're going. Well, we're just going to go on a tour. You know yeah. what? We can do that. When, We'll retire soon. You ready to retire? Heck yes, I am. Let's do that. Let's just go on a ghost tour extravaganza. Okay. Yeah, on our so, ghost yacht. Yeah, on our ghost yacht. Yes. <laughs> In order to get the ghost yacht, you should follow us on our social medias at evp.pod, at Facebook and Instagram. If you have a story from the Shepton Mallet prison that you want to share with us. It's a mouthful, email, huh? <laughs> yes. You can, you can email us at evp.pod at gmail.com. And then if you want to go on ghost hunting adventures and you want to buy equipment, check out our affiliate link to ghoststop.com. Well, everybody, ghost you don't play that. Peace out, butterflies.